Hey guys, welcome to What Are You Doing in Denmark, where we talk to some of the coolest people in Denmark about what they're doing here. My name is Derek, I'm your host, and I'm joined by my co-host and comedy partner, Mike. That's right, Mike Walsh over here, and today we are really excited to be joined by probably one of Denmark's favorite British comedians. He performs in English, he performs in Danglish, he now performs in Magyarlish. Joining us today is Conrad Molden. Welcome to Waited. Thank you very much for having me on your show. We're excited to have you yeah. here. I think we had a lot of excitement from the collaborations that you guys have done before as well sure. when, when Derek took a trip over to Aarhus, and we're excited to bring you on this side of Denmark to join us today. It's very nice to be over here all the way on the east. Yeah, you know, a lot of people in Copenhagen say, uh, Denmark is more than Jutland. You really need to come to Copenhagen. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're very underrepresented here in the capital. <laughs> so, um, But yeah, thank you for joining us. And I know that uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things today. You know, your comedy, what it's like, how you got here, um, you know, uh, learning Danish and kind of the fun that you have with the Danish language, which I think you're pretty well known for. And, um, you know, you've been touring and performing all over the place, getting ready to launch a tour in Denmark for the fall. But most recently you were performing in our home country in the US, right? Yes, I just got back from Los Angeles uh, on the West Coast. Yeah, exactly. Away from your hometowns, but also in the same country. <laughs> Close <laughs> enough. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a continent. Like It's just a few hundred kilometers. Yeah. It's fine. Right. right. Pretty far. I've actually never been to I've never been to California, California period. period. I've been to the airport in LA, but never LA itself. So There's nothing to see. No, I, I hear that. I hear there's nothing there. If you've been to all there. you don't need yeah. to know, it's fine. Right. <laughs> Media capital of, you know, who cares? I get it. Yeah. I get it. Who has time? Those guys. <laughs> but yeah, it was really good fun and incredible weather. Everything is bigger in America. Everything. I couldn't I couldn't get my head around it. The size of the vehicle. I'm getting culture shock being back in Denmark. <laughs> the cars here are so small. They the biggest are. car you see here is a car that American cars eat for breakfast. Oh, yes. It's monstrous. I saw this car everywhere. It's called a Chevrolet Suburban. Oh, oh yes. my oh, dad yes. used to drive one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He would drive my brother and I in the back of it. I mean, it was like, uh, you know. A bus. <laughs> it's a bus. It's, <laughs> it's a exactly bus. a bus. It's a bus and it's everywhere. And it's <laughs> 5.7 meters long, two <laughs> meters wide, and two meters tall. It's a tank. Yes. It's an absolute tank. And they're everywhere. Yes. It's everywhere. I didn't see a single car that I've seen in Denmark there at all, ever. They've probably been crushed years ago. Yeah. It's called the Suburban because it's the size of most of the suburbs. So, <laughs> oh, yes. you know. It, but ironically, it's all, it probably you saw it all the time and there'd be like one person driving it and like their groceries and that was it. Like no yeah. other passengers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like it, has, it has room for nine and it's just there to go to the grocery store and load up from, you know, Whole Foods or whatever. Yeah. Oh, exactly. It's 12 square meters and it's just one guy <laughs> sitting there. Uh, it's bigger than our first apartment here. Yeah, it the, actually has a Copenhagen yeah. bathroom inside. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah. you know, people put those like uh, baby on board stickers on to make sure that their like kid is safe and you mm. don't hit it. But... <laughs> Why would you? Like, yeah, that kid yeah, is no. going to be fine. That yeah, right. A Chevy Suburban can take... It's the size of a tractor trailer. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not insignificant. So, yeah, so we do things bigger in America. That's kind of like how, how things are. What yes. else surprised you over there? Was, was there anything else that, that shocked you that, that just made you be like, whoa, you Americans are crazy? I mean, pretty much everything. To be honest. <laughs> I think every waking moment is, of course, an amazing country. California is, of, of course, its own thing. LA is its own thing. But there were just so many, so many... I mean, for a start, I've gained a lot of weight. <laughs> So I, I've unbuttoned my trousers. <laughs> I've gained a good five, ten kilo. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, just um, at Christmas, we 
Do oh, the same thing. It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we have, we have to have like a a dry January, not just you know because of booze, but just to get away from all the food we have for two <laughs> yeah. weeks back in the states for Christmas. And like, uh, both of our moms always feed us as if we're like, <laughs> you know, like when you come home from vacation and your dog like eats every like that's how our moms <laughs> feed us. Like yeah. like we're ne- we might never eat again if she doesn't give us. <laughs> Every type. Oh, I, I know you really like this one type of ice cream. I know you really like this. I'm like, mom, I'm not going to eat it all. I'm here for three days. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have 10, nice. 10 bagels a year and they're all at your mom's house. Yes. That's basically yes. how it goes. Yes. 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 <laughs> it's good. It's a lot, but it's good. But the portions, we ended up ordering children's menu everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Because you, you get a plate of food this big yes. and you're like, I'm completely, I can eat this. That's I'm why fine. we have the doggy bags. So you can, you know, take your leftovers yeah. with you home. That's, yeah. that is one culture shock i think we had over here is just that concept of like you whatever you don't eat like you just you just leave like you're not going to take it with you like that's that's de classe i guess yeah i think some mm. american restaurants um sort of pride themselves on the big portions to mm. make you feel like you're getting more value like yes <laughs> exactly. more isn't always better and of course in fine dining it's probably more like it is sure portion wise but mm. some of those places the chains and stuff they compete by <laughs> it's monstrous giving you more and the thing is, you just feel so bad because it arrives and you're like, oh, that's a lot of food. And then the, at the end, the plate is empty and you're like, that was a lot of food. Yeah. Right, right. And then I'm going to hate myself. And yeah. that's, that's how it goes. I get in my Suburban, I cry. <laughs> <laughs> Filling the Suburban with leftover pasta and <laughs> yeah. hoping you'll eat it the next day. Maybe not. But, so did you find any celebrities while you were in LA? We did attempt to constantly do celebrity spotting. <laughs> The thing that's uh, so strange coming from Europe is that I know there are so many big American celebrities that we don't know over here. Sure. So we were in, we went to a, a kind of a few fancy restaurants. Of course, we were in L.A. We were on our honeymoon. We decided to like splash out a little bit. And all the time people would come in wearing like really well dressed and be like, oh, maybe he's famous. Right. They'd be like, yeah, but even if he was. <laughs> Who the hell is he? <laughs> Who is yeah. this guy? I so, heard that most of the celebrities only go out on like Tuesday nights and Wednesday nights. Mm. Like they don't go out on the weekends. I, I could sense. be wrong. I... <laughs> Not really in that circle, so I, I can't no, no. say. Yeah. Unless they're a real housewife, they're kind of off your radar a little bit. Yeah, so. perhaps. Yeah. yeah, but my sister lived in LA for uh, before the pandemic, yeah. and um, yeah, that's that's that was her tip. Oh yeah, they only go out on like okay. Tuesday nights. But, yeah, so I just book a seat at every restaurant on a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> just get that <laughs> bottle service on Tuesday and and see who you can who you can find. But uh, I actually had something similar. I went to Edinburgh for a couple of days too. That's I developed the Scottish accent. Oh Jesus! Oh yeah. Edinburgh. I'm sorry. And it's the smell of haggis. We yeah. can enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, went to see uh, uh, another friend of uh, the pod, uh, Abby Wamba, mm-hmm. and. She w- took me to this party afterward and was sort of like naming these other comedians that were there. And I had no idea who anybody <laughs> was, but I felt really like I was just nailing my conversations because people would say like, oh, are you a, a stand-up comic? And I was just thinking that I was being really funny and charming. <laughs> and then after like the third or fourth time that it happened, I was like, fuck, I'm just in a room of stand-up comics. And they all think that, <laughs> they don't think I'm funny. They just think <laughs> it could be worse. <laughs> I'm a colleague. It could be worse. They could have thought that you were like the waiter there. So at least like you made the impression enough to seem like you belong. Or there. maybe they were like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure you're a stand-up comic? <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm a mid-level YouTuber. Yeah, like, yeah something enough. like that. Yeah, like, that I'm, I'm a YouTuber. I'm a Denmark. podcaster. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I have a little bit of chops. But I could have maybe used a, a BFF. That's right. To help me out. And uh, good, maybe a comedian BFF. 
And this is where, Conrad, you get the chance to find out which of us is going to be your BFF for the remainder of the pod, as it Ooh, may be. okay. Yeah. And maybe help us at some parties because... We need a BFF yeah. because, you know, we support each other, but, like, sometimes you just need that, that, that BFF to go beyond. And we think you can be the BFF to go beyond for one of us, but only one of us will be your BFF. All right, the beyond BFF. Beyond BFF. Yes, exactly, (laughs) exactly. So the way it'll work, we'll ask you a series of three questions. Mike and I have both given an answer, but you won't know who provided which answer. Just say which you would pick, and then we'll tally them up. Once you pick two answers from one of us, one of us will will be your your BFF. So first question is, obviously, you're British. Britain has a fantastic tradition of drag, people like Dame Edna that have come through. And we decided that your BFF is going to do drag with you. You know, why not do drag? And so would your preferred drag name be, would it be Union Jackie (laughs) or Ginger Alley? (laughs) Oh, well, the second one is a little bit, you know, flirtatious (laughs) (laughs) flirtatious <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Union Jackie oh, oh that was that's, that's that Derek one Derek's. point for me ding ding right. let's see if I can keep it going so another one uh, that we think uh, strongly that a BFF should bring something else to the table maybe have some skills that uh, can help you farther in life maybe help even your kid would you rather a BFF that could give your kid uh, tuba lessons or that could give your kid swimming lessons uh I, I would definitely go with swimming, I think. I'm going to go swimming. Oh, Does one of you know how to play the tuba? That, that is, I do know how to play <laughs> the tuba. You do know how to play the tuba. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And yes. I uh, was But a, Derek is the, the a, district, a district medalist. One, yes, the PIAA Pennsylvania Suburban District 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was not in a suburban... The, the vehicle. Oh, okay. <laughs> you maybe could fit a I mean, the, the whole swim lane could, could be in there. Yeah, yeah that yeah. could work. That could work. But uh, yes, I, uh, yeah. I was a district medalist in the 100-meter butterfly... So that's amazing. Yeah. I was a four-time yeah. state champion in marching band. That's also true. Also true. Wow, twice playing the tuba, twice as a drum major. So yeah. That's incredible. What's with the marching? Is that <laughs> right? Is it's, that to gain more audience? It's a uh, I guess it's what we do in America. It's the halftime show for for football games. Traditionally, as you have the band go out there and you make like little shapes on the field or whatever else. And, it's a whole thing. And like like everything else in America, it turned into some sort of competition where literally Every single, like like in, in the fall for my entire high school years, every Friday night was a football game. And then Saturday was a competition where you go out there and you perform your show. And there's judges that judge you on how well you make your shapes and march and perform and everything else. So yeah, it's, oh. a whole, it's, a, it's a whole subculture. Oh, there's tell you about level. it. It's a whole thing. There's people that just go out with flags and move yes, the, the flags. Yes, there's the color guard. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. it's all, oh, yes. It it's, sounds sort of like the opposite of Denmark, which is more like... Did you know that Rasmus plays the tuba? Well, <laughs> not very well. <laughs> hey. Oh, no, this yeah. is, again, remember, we're, we, even though we've lived here for a while, we still got that Americanness in us. So that's why you're going to know that he's got a medal and well, I have four. So there you go. Oh, well, that, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we haven't done much with uh, swimming or tuba no, in no, no. recent I, years. Yeah, we peaked in. <laughs> we, we peaked at 16. So. <laughs> Pretty much. That's about how it goes. That's about how it goes. Okay, so you've already won Derek as your BFF. So that sounds good. That's it. Kind of, kind of fitting since you guys have done the collabs together. That's but, true. That's but let's true. see if you can go three for three or if I at least get a, a share maybe of this. It, a pity point. A pity point on this one. And, and it, it's fitting that on a pity point we're going to ask, you know, no BFF is perfect. Every BFF has a flaw. And so the question for you is, which flaw would you be more accepting of? Would it be a BFF that has a tiny bladder 
or a BFF <laughs> that routinely falls while walking upstairs. <laughs> the thing is, I also have a tiny bladder. <laughs> so that is, we could go to P. Actually, we're going to crash into each other at the bathroom all the time. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the falling down. Okay, good. That gives me at least a pity point on that <laughs> one. I, I routinely fall walking upstairs. I, oh no! I'm a bit of a klutz. It's okay. really funny. <laughs> it is one of your favorite things. I, I love when people fall. As long as they don't get hurt, don't, don't cancel me. Nobody listens to this anyway. It's fine. But I do think it's really funny when people fall. And like, I mean, there's <laughs> is that like, why you're together? Yes, is that, what is I mean, it? honestly, it doesn't hurt. It keeps things <laughs> fresh and interesting. But I remember like one of our early dates, we went ice skating. <laughs> oh, and then eventually, oh. like a few months later, I, <laughs> I admitted like, yeah, actually, that's kind of why I like ice skating because <laughs> I get to see people oh, fall. I'm a decent ice skater though. Yeah. Like, I, oh, yeah, but you're better than I'm, me. I'm, yeah, 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 I'm probably better on, well. I don't I, like I'm when not, I fall, but it's, I, but it's part of the ice skating. But I get to see so many people fall. It is one of the favorite things out there. It's one of the favorite things. But you don't enjoy the falling, right? I mean, it's not like, a, it's not like I like crush my face. It's more like I'll be walking and then like, a little slip, like, you know, I catch myself going up. I never fall downstairs. Okay, that's good. Which, yes. which is good, which is good. It's yeah. more like, again, I'm clumsy. So like I just, you misplace the foot going up the stairs and then Derek will hear like a little like, tunk. Oh no. <laughs> and then we'll, we'll be walking like up the stairs to our flat and like you'll hear like the, the, the tunk and then turn around and just about. start laughing. <laughs> oh, you don't so. have elevator at your place? Um, no. No, no, no. Oh no, what no. floor are you at? Ah, uh, the first. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's not so bad. Okay. So only one opportunity. <laughs> so like, I have, uh, yeah, I, I have two yeah. half flights to, to get to our flat. And I, you know, some days I'm like, yes. And I did it with no, with no tripping. The small but victories. The small victories. <laughs> the small victories. You got to celebrate. I thought maybe the tuba would have given you better balance. Uh, oh, with all that marching. Yeah, all that marching. Well, right? You they should do marching on stage. <laughs> right? There you go. Thankfully, that wasn't one of the, the challenges that we had. It's all, you know, flat. Kind of, you wouldn't have all those uh, awards and medals and no, no, no. your state final. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have fall. I did fall at least once or twice, but only in rehearsals. So, <laughs> if, if they're on tape, I'd, I'd like to see those. It's got to be somewhere. Yeah, no, yeah, it wouldn't be on tape. But, but yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm a klutz. What can you say? It's part of. It's my physical comedy. It's what I bring to the relationship. It's true. And luckily, Denmark is a pretty flat. Yeah, Thank God for the right me. I, I, yeah. could, I couldn't do a hilly place. No, I'd, be, I'd be screwed. No. Avoid Uland. Yeah, no. there are some. <laughs> there are some very tall hills. I've heard yeah. some of them even touch the heavens. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Himmelberg, which is one hundred and forty meters. Yeah, yeah. not yeah. a mountain. Well, geographically, <laughs> geographically, oh, it has to be two hundred meters. Is that true? Yes, I looked into it. No <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because somebody, look at some you guys <laughs> from Copenhagen bullying. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're that a mountain. Do oh, you? Well, if facts are bullying, then, <laughs> <laughs> then I'm bullying. <laughs> no, somebody got very upset with us in a YouTube comment, as often happens, saying uh, <laughs> it was the fourth flattest country, which it is. And uh, that there that were no mountains. That if you move to Denmark, thinking that you'll have these Nordic mountains, it's not so much. And mm -hmm. they were like, "That's not true, Himmelberg." And I was like, "No, no, it's technically, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not." It's also because it's next to a lake and next right. to a valley, yeah. so you can take careful photos from the. It floor. looks beautiful, yeah. absolutely, and and actually, it's not even the highest point anymore. It's some farmer's field, beats yeah, it out yeah, by sure. a few meters. So, yeah. 
Yeah. I love that story. It's kind of fun. Yeah, it's so good. Like, they, they found another one. Yes. Christened it the tallest point, and then uh, they five built years a tower, later, right? they and built they, yeah exactly. Yeah. They built a tower. They built a monument, and then a few years later, they were doing some geological something in a different field, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, this is nine centimeters <laughs> tall." <laughs> but apparently, there's no marking for that one because it is in a farmer's field, yeah. like you say. Yeah, it's I just, just there. I've just seen the picture on like Wikipedia. Yeah, so he's like, "Get I out of my it. field! <laughs> right. Stop, stop coming! Stop here. measuring shit! <laughs> right? Yeah, because you're gonna find a taller my, one." My cows walk here. Yeah, like, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, but Denmark is uh, there's a lot of fun stories about Denmark like that, and you know, you're very good at retelling them. But how did you uh, end up in Denmark? I, I, we know what you do now, uh, comedy. But how, what was the beginning of that? So back in the day, there was this thing called Britain being in the European Union. <laughs> oh, I remember those, yeah. the, old, the olden times. Yeah, it was when there were still buildings and people smiling <laughs> and people wore clothes and stuff like that. Food in the stores. Exactly. Yeah. Food, no looting. So <laughs> those were the days. So back in, when was that? 2012, I wanted to do a master and it was free in certain countries in Europe, depending on some lots of things that you have to read. And uh, I found a course and this thing popped up saying AAR Huss. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, and I'd actually been to Copenhagen for the G20 protests, I think ah, the year before. Okay. We took a bus, a 24 hour bus. From London from to London Copenhagen. From London to Copenhagen. I didn't even know that was horrible. Possible. It was horrible. You can, you can do Flix bus via, I've also done that a couple of times, but this was a special bus for the protest. Okay. But we also got stuck in a bunch of traffic. Anywho, we, uh, I'd already been to Copenhagen and really enjoyed it. So I was like, oh, I'm sure it'll be the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. Um, and so without even being to Aarhus before, then I uh, enrolled in the course and moved. And the European Union at that time paid for my tuition fees. That's awesome. How, yeah. long, how long did you figure you were going to be in Denmark for? That's a good question. Actually, I, had, I wanted to get out of the UK. I really mm -hmm. enjoy travel, all of these kind of things. So um, I thought it would be a springboard to somewhere else. Got it. And that's 11 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how it sucks you in. There's so many people that you run into that it's like, oh, how long have you been in Denmark for? Oh, you know, a million years. You know, <laughs> what was your plan? Six months. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Mike came for a two-week business trip. And two weeks. That was in two 2016. Weeks. 2016, so, yes. Yeah. Wow. Literally, so our, our origin story, so, so the company I'm, I was working for bought a Danish company and they needed some help with some projects. And so literally, like, my boss's boss came to my desk on a Friday afternoon and said, can you be in Copenhagen on Monday? Um, I was like, okay, sure, free trip over to Copenhagen. Let's go do that. When would I ever be in Denmark again? Like, <laughs> tick the box, go there two weeks, you know, why not? And they asked Mike to stay, which worked out well because it was November at the time. So American Thanksgiving is at the end of that month. So I had some time off and thought, okay, well, I'll spend the holidays or the Thanksgiving holiday in, in Denmark and in uh, free hotel. When right. else would I get to go there? Left right. thinking, oh, that was daily. Mm -hmm. Go home. And you probably, said deg, you probably said Deglig or something uh, like yeah, that. At yeah. that time, your Danish was less. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it was cozy. Christmas markets mm. were up, all of that. Mold wine. Okay. And thought, oh, that, was, that was cute. No. Okay, so two T-shirts, a pair of <laughs> underpants. Exactly. I'll be back soon. <laughs> exactly. Be fine. Exactly. And then in, instead it was, uh, want to move over here and want a contract and then it's built on from there. Yeah. So it, it just sucks you in. Like all of a sudden, and it's, it's, it's crazy because on some hands it feels like we just got here and on the other hand it's like this is like 
Well, adjusted for COVID, we did just get here. Right. So, if we ignore yeah. those years, that it's only... Oh, everybody ignores those years. That's just this weird, like, what was that? Yeah, I'm still 27. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> was I eating Snickers on the toilet at one point? <laughs> Probably. Probably. There, there were tears involved. There was something, yes. Lots of wine. It is funny how we just Bread. memory hold that whole period. Yeah. Like, like, we were, like, talking with some, some friends about, like, things that happened, like, last spring. And it's like, that's just when the restrictions came up. Like, it's not yeah. that long ago that it's been. But that's how it goes. Yeah. So, but yeah, we're all but, better for it. Life is good now. Yeah, it is. And similarly, yeah, Denmark does just kind of uh, pull you in, <laughs> hold you tight, and yeah, and, hold you down, and not <laughs> not let you go. And if you and if you you know survive those first couple of years, then, yeah. then you don't want to leave. But um, and then uh, of course, comedy kind of came up during the time, or had you performed before? So that was I was twenty one or twenty two at that point, and. Um, I wanted to get back into comedy because at the age of 16, I really wanted to be a stand-up comedian. And I, ever since I think I was nine or 10, I'd been in love with stand-up and would go and see it. And I just loved how refreshing it was. You just have this person and this microphone mm. and they just get to be honest and they get to talk about anything they want and they get to really express their feelings. And I loved it. So I turned 16, which at that time at the comedy clubs in central London was kind of the minimum age. And I go on stage and I was terrible. Just like really bad, really bad. I even actually found my old notebook last time I was in England and went through it. And it's incoherent nonsense, <laughs> just complete garbage. So I did about six months around the comedy clubs there. And it's also very competitive. I can uh, imagine. It's, I think maybe not as high octane as uh, the US, but it's also kind of brutal. You stand in a huge queue, you get two, three minutes, you go up there. They even have things called gong show, where they literally oh, have a gong on the side. Oh, my God. And if the audience aren't laughing, they hit it and you get off. <sighs> there used yeah. to be a television show in the US. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> there was, show. No, it yeah. really was the gong show. Yeah. <laughs> guy's like, that sounds awful. Wait, we made a show we, out we, of it. Right? Yeah. yeah, we used to put that on TV. Wow. So, that's so you were doing comedy at 16. You were playing uh, tuba, tuba and marching yeah, around. You, <laughs> you were your swimming. I was, I Ride, was riding around in a suburban in the suburbs. We all had very different paths to, <laughs> yeah. to this point right now. <laughs> but damn it, we made it. <laughs> so what made you? So what made comedy, I mean, to be a 16-year-old and say, I want to be a stand-up comic, like, I, I wouldn't yeah. say there's not a lot of people that, that feel People think they're funny or whatever else. Who were your inspirations or what was it that said, that's what I want to be? I think, I, I mean, I just remember going to see... Um, my mum my saw that I was interested in comedy. You know what mothers are like? Yeah. Like, oh, you like this? And then we would go to every single possible comedy oh. show in the area. And also London is also great for comedy. But I just remember seeing uh, different comedians. There's one who really inspired me called Marcus Brigstock. He was on stage and he was doing a joke about insurance adverts. <laughs> and it sounds very silly, but he says in, in insurance adverts, no one's walking in a straight line. They're always walking diagonally towards the camera <laughs> and sort of talking in this, you know, this ridiculous language that they use. And I remember laughing so much, I literally fell off of my chair. And I was I on the that. floor, holding my stomach and just laughing and laughing and laughing. And then it just, I, I just had this, re, it was like a warm blanket mm-hmm. that came over me. And I was just like, I adore this, this performance style. I really want to do this. But then the thing was, then I tried and I wasn't good at it. And I kind of came to this point when I was uh, nearly 17, where I'm like, okay, I'm going to not be a comedian. and I'm not funny, but I would just enjoy it. Sure. You know, so I would just watch comedy and these kind of things. Then I moved to Denmark. And within the first few weeks, I just had to start writing things down. You know, con- the classics, like concepts like Hygge, for example. I was like, this is too silly. You have to write about this. Yeah. So we just had this little notebook and we were making all of these jokes. And then at some point, I was had this really weird, intense feeling inside me. I'm like, I have to perform this. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I just have to tell somebody about this. And then I uh, just looked online and Aarhus had a comedy club. 
And I went down there and met a friend of uh, you guys, Jakob Tarnhoy. Mm-hmm. So he was the sort of MC slash organizer at that time. And he puts me on stage and I did five minutes and just killed it. <laughs> it was just great. And then I just went back and back and back. And then I think I was there every no, every night it would be four nights a week and I would be there every week for, for years. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So that's like yeah. that's like the you know, the Beatles in Hamburg. Like you just got all your hours in early on, just doing it over and over and over again and perfecting the craft in, in that way. Yeah, and also trying to get out of ours as well. They also had open mics. I would come, I, I crazy things. I would take the, you know, whatever it was, 49 krona bus to Copenhagen. Uh, it was called whatever it was, Ruder Tuzen, I think it was. Ruder Tuzen was not there anymore, unfortunately. Anyway, I would take that to Copenhagen, do an open mic, and take the bi- uh, the bus back. Oh my god! Just to do four hours each way for five minutes on yeah. on stage, yeah, just to get that experience. Just to say that I had performed in Copenhagen, test on new audience, and also in Odense, Aalborg. Yeah, uh, they had loads of mics around at that time. Anyway, I would do that, and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I was performing in Rannes. If you've heard about Rannes, yeah. you Copenhageners. So, you know, when you learn, we make a lot of, it's like our slalser. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so it's a bit more trashy. I was like, <laughs> I've heard somebody told me it's like the Philadelphia of Denmark. And I was yeah, like, yeah, okay. exactly. both, I you're both offended and yeah. understanding I was like, at the oh, same yeah, time. I, I yeah. know exactly what you're It's mean. always sunny in Rondra. I like, appreciate yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> I was there uh, and I did a sh- yeah open mic show mm-hmm. and I met a guy called Tim. Um, and much, much later, I'm in the supermarket buying, you know, rye bread and uh, leopard style, whatever we do here. And he just rings me and he's like, hey, I don't know if you remember me. I was at the open mic. I want to do a tour with you. Um, and I was sort of like, well, I don't know, because at this point I had, I don't even know how much material I had, but I was just yeah. doing it on the side just for fun. I said, I don't know. And he said, yeah, we can do it together. And I said, I'll make a deal. If you give me a flat fee for each show, like you pay me a certain amount, you put all the money in to th- and do all the risk, right. I'll do it. And that he agreed to that. Wow. <laughs> he, t- he took a bet on you took, and said it worked. That's awesome. He took a huge gamble on me. Um, and then he just started setting up show after show after show. And that became the Danglish One Tour. Oh. Yeah. Wow. And it just kind of grew and grew and grew because, I mean, it was weird. But, you know, back in those days, we would do a show in Copenhagen, a very small theater, or Mm. uh, it would be like a a room above a restaurant. And if we sold 30 tickets, we were, you know, over the moon. That was like sold out for us. And it just grew and it grew and it grew and it became the theaters became larger and larger and larger. And we just kept, I don't even remember how long that tour went on. I think more than a year, Mm -hmm. just on and on and on. And every time it would end, we would just, ah, let's book some more. Sure. You know? I'd say the, the, the Danglish, that's how we found you on, on YouTube. I feel like that's the, 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 the tour where, you know, and, and your observational jokes about the language and clipper courts and everything else. Like, that's, that's what I remember, like, as we just moved to Denmark was seeing Aww. your comedy Aww. doing that and being like, oh, I think this is ridiculous too. Like, yes, thank you. I Aww. think early on uh, during our YouTube first, you know, a few videos that people actually started watching, a lot of people said, yeah, you should, you should watch this guy, Conrad. And we're like, oh, yeah, we, yeah, he's, yeah he's, oh. he's really funny. Yeah. yeah. Oh, then, that's really sweet. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's uh, really cool. And I, I think that's observational thing is like that. That's really what I think things like. And you have such a good way of threading the needle to point these things out, but in a, in a funny way that's, you know, making jokes about Danes and Danish things can be a little uh, a little treacherous mm. <laughs> perhaps um, so I think y- you really nail it uh, is it something that uh, you've had any issues with I, I did hear a story once of you having a woman walk out of a show yes. you were doing 
Yes, exactly. I, that was a yeah. It was a small venue in Aarhus. I, this, it's a very silly joke, but the, the idea of the joke is I, I kept thinking in my head, what if I? It sounds really silly, but what if I die and go to heaven, and the common language is not English, <laughs> right? Like, let's say you die and you went to heaven, and all the signs were in Mandarin or in Arabic. Oh, I, you know, I would kind of get it. I'd be like, oh, okay, I was like wrong. Right, <laughs> right, right. But if you went there and everything was in Lithuanian, you'd be like, no, that wasn't really, really. That was the right one. God. Lithuanian, you know? Exactly. It could be. It could be. But that's the thing. I just kept having this silly thought of what if I go there and everything's in Danish? <laughs> I was just like, okay. So the, I had this really silly joke, which was I, uh, yeah, I, it's a true story where um, I went with a friend at Christmas, you know, even even the atheists go to church in Denmark. Right? Mm-hmm. And we go, we do the ceremony, we were sitting there praying, and I remember just having this little silly <laughs> smile on my face because I was thinking, imagine all of these prayers are falling on deaf ears. <laughs> right. Because God is sitting there like, what are you snackering about? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> So the joke is simply that I, you know, I just making fun of religion, saying we're sitting there, we're praying, and I thought this is all so silly. God doesn't speak Danish, <laughs> right? And it's it's not the best, it's not that clever a joke, but I used to use it in part of my set that I would do. And one time I tell it in this comedy club, and there's an old lady in the front row, and she just stands up, and she was so mad, she stares me in the eyes, and she's like, "Yes, he does," and then she <laughs> just storms out. <laughs> and it's a little bit hard to recover from that because you know you've really upset. You know, right. Brigitte to, yeah. to walk out. Brigitte yes. Jensen has now left <laughs> yeah. the room. Yes, just cursing you to. <laughs> to so, to God. I, so I guess which is worse, like hecklers in in UK or Brigitte stepping up and walking out of your show in Denmark? Oh, hecklers in the UK. I oh, think, I've heard it's like an art for them. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I only talk in mirroring you guys because it's the U.S. that started stand-up and the whole heckling culture is a big part of it. I think the idea is that if the heckler believes that they can say something funnier than mm-hmm. the comedian, then they should. And I actually agree with it because if I'm doing a show and somebody in the audience says something funny and I repeat it into the microphone and people laugh, I get a free joke. Uh, right. Right, you know. And I think performers miss that a lot of the time. It's like it's, mm. it's not all about like you can you know self-deprecate and... Uh, make fun of yourself and maybe what you're saying isn't that funny and the audience just needs that lift so it's okay to repeat or or let the audience interact with you although in Denmark you know what it's like right <laughs> you ain't alone it's not very good but I'll wait till we get home <laughs> to talk about this person <laughs> but the UK is another monster because people I, at least my experience was people were dry. I remember going on stage I'm 16 years old the lights hit me <laughs> I'd never been on a stage before um, not not an actual proper stage, and I couldn't even see anybody. You know, it's sure. like on stage, right? It's just dark. Yep. It's like a sheet of darkness in front of you. Total, that's kind of painful silence where you could hear a pin drop. Oh. And I start speaking, and I can hear the nervousness in my voice, and I can't even get the joke out because I'm so nervous. And then one guy at the back just starts clapping and laughing, just mocking oh. the crowd. Oh, like, ah, okay. I, for a second, I thought it was a positive. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was I a mocking clap and laugh. It was oh. a horrible mock. And he just does that the whole five minutes I'm up there. He oh, just God. keeps going, yeah. And looking back on it, it's like, what is going on in this guy's life? <laughs> right, that he gets, he gets this on a sick, like, you got to look up there, all the part of being six, like, it's obvious that you're a kid doing your first show, yeah. and it's like, you know what, no matter what, like, good for you, Charlie, like, good for you. Yeah, there's a ginger kid, he's out. <laughs> yeah. They've right. let him out of, from under the stairs, you know. <laughs> let him do Did his you jokes. ever get heckled with the tuba? <laughs> from by <laughs> you? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when you're a bandy, you get heckled quite a bit in school. I mean, it's, it's, it's a subculture as well. We had the band wing of the school where all of our lockers were, and we could hang out down there. You had strength in numbers. I we mean, did have strength in one, numbers. I, <laughs> I, one little, one, I, we were 160 one, people. Like, you were one yeah. 
16-year-old ginger boy just standing there getting uh, getting heckled. Oh, no. <laughs> Mock clapping from an old <laughs> man in the back of a yeah. central London comedy club. Probably a big guy called Gary, you know, with a big stomach. And oh, obviously. Some sort of horrible bulldog neck. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. Look at this guy. <laughs> well, I'm sure being heckled at a comedy club at the age of 16 was a bit of a surprise. But there's also some things that nobody really tells you about moving to Denmark that can be a surprise, and we made a list of that. Yeah, and I think the to start off the list, one of the things that I think has definitely surprised us, don't know about you, Conrad, but the lack of spontaneity. Like in, in the U.S., I think it's very common for you at 2 o'clock to call up your friends and say, hey, what are we doing tonight, and you have no plans planned. Whereas in Denmark, I literally know what I'm doing with my friends nine months from now. And I don't, I don't know what your experience was in the UK, but that is definitely a change for us is that they don't tell you that the spontaneity kind of goes away because you become to a land of planners. Absolutely. You know, week 17, we are doing this <laughs> yeah. at three o'clock. You cannot change plans. If we need to reschedule, it will be 2027. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, I, I feel like it's almost like a, a pressure to fill your, your schedule. Like it's a sort of a little bit of prestige to sure. like purposely be like, ah, I'm booked until whenever. At least sometimes I feel that people take pride in having a, a busy and full schedule. Yeah, that's very, very true, actually. It's like, oh, sorry, I'm going to Norway that week. Yeah. Right. Oh, sorry. I'm on the sofa scratching my bum. <laughs> right. I guess Yantalone only works for like material things or whatever else, but doesn't count for having the busy schedule, which mm. is a way that you can kind of show a little bit of yeah. superiority, uh, perhaps. So that you're, you're organized, you're planned, you've thought it out, and mm. you're you're, You're very organized and, and ready to go. Nice. So Google yeah. Calendar is your outlet of individuality. Well, basically, Check yes. Me out. I exactly. honestly never updated my Google Calendar until, until here. living here <laughs> because you have to. <laughs> yeah. You really need to. And now it's color-coded. Yeah. Another I would think about is the extreme mindset. So it seems like it's either one way or the other way, but mm. nothing in between. Yes. And the classic is crossing the road. Yes. It's the dead of night. It's three in the morning and you turn into that person as well because you look around. There could be no one around and you're still, I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait here. It's funny. We'll be like visiting back in the U.S. where nobody cares about the traffic lights. And like I'll be standing there waiting at a red with nobody coming by. And Derek <laughs> is like, we're not in Denmark anymore. You can cross the street. All the time. All the time. No cars coming. No people coming. And I'm like, uh, well, we can go. You just forget that <laughs> it's very, very extreme here. But also like. Other things don't matter. So yes, uh, we we must respect the the traffic light. But go ahead and urinate on that building at the same time at three yes. a.m. It's fine. Yes, <laughs> Everybody's true. doing it. You know the things that matter are <laughs> sometimes interesting yes. when you look at the things that don't matter at all. That's fun. That's the unwritten rules of Denmark, and that's one of the things they definitely don't tell you about is the unwritten rules you to be aware of. So that's yeah, one like of them right there. Christmas, for example, like sure we have uh, you know the eight year old drinking uh, an ool. Uh, a beer, <laughs> yeah. but don't you dare put the wrong bread out for the right, you know, the wrong fish. Uh, no, no. But sure, yeah, the kids can, <laughs> kids can have a beer. <laughs> um, you know, another one too is uh, speaking of kids that like when you go to the supermarket, there's no grown-ups. <laughs> I oh. I didn't know that this was going to be something. I, I'm used to an adult. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in the store in case I spill something or maybe need help checking out the the 15-year-olds the <laughs> running a grocery store. It's, it's so really true. good. I mean, it's probably training the next business enterprise. <laughs> I would 
uh, I totally agree with you. Everybody is 15 years old, <laughs> and somehow everybody is violating child labor laws. Yeah. Yes. Because you're asking somebody, like, shouldn't you be in school? <laughs> right. But that there is one thing. Every one of these supermarkets, when push comes to shove, there is a store manager person who's 125 years old. Yes. And her name is? <laughs> her name is always Begida. Yeah. <laughs> and if there is enough of a problem, then she will appear. <laughs> yeah. If that door opens. door opens, she will emerge. <laughs> covered in cobwebs, and she will come and sort out the problem. <laughs> I've brought more facts. <laughs> it's called Co-op 365 now, but when it was Factor, mm. I loved going in there because the first thing you saw was a huge sign that said, we're now hiring, and then underneath it would say, absolutely no one older than 17. <laughs> yes. But it really... Uh, that was their hiring policy. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. You couldn't apply if you were older, because they, they can pay them less. Sure. Uh, yeah. They're not. I, I, I like right, your optimism <laughs> with the next generation. <laughs> Maybe but, they're training. The no. Future. Well, you know, you are 16 going on 17. That means you're aging out of Fakta. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to throw your retirement party, <laughs> get you out the door. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. Well, another one they didn't tell us about, and, and we'll have to ask you. I mean, you live in Yulin, so they didn't tell us that the water here is chalky as hell. Oh, yeah. Like, it's. That's it's, everywhere. I've I've read yeah, online at least. Yeah. You know, I've, it's. I mean, it's something that you have to be aware. Of. They 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 don't tell you when you move over here. Like, oh, it's pristine water. It's beautiful. We literally have sparkling water named after you know the named country. After but when it comes down to it, like you're gonna go through like your little water kettle is gonna last you about six months, and then it's yeah. gonna be covered in chalk, and your shower is gonna be pristine <laughs> yeah. white, not because of the walls, <laughs> but because of the chalk. Like it's like literally like I think you have a Brita filter, and if you open it up, it just has like side rock chalk inside <laughs> of it <laughs> it's just yeah yeah the amount of lime scale in my bathroom <laughs> i have i go to the supermarket and buy those two liter bottles of, yeah. of vinegar yeah. yeah because you just put that in a bucket and then you have to put all of the as many things as you yes, can to descale it <laughs> anything yes. that touched water must be <laughs> doused in vinegar yeah almost immediately yeah but, and it's because the, the water is very good and drinkable but the ground is very chalky all across the country <laughs> so it's the you know the, <laughs> It's just the the nature of water in Denmark. That's yeah. yes, the nature of the dance band. Yes. <laughs> I'm always amazed at how unbelievably beautiful the people that you don't expect to be beautiful are. Yes. So you like it, like the police, for example. Yeah. Yes. The tightness of the uniforms, <laughs> the 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 perfect stubble, the way they're all walking around like they just walked out of a movie. Yeah. What blows my mind is it's in every sector of society. I was leaving my house the other day and the, you know, in England we call it the rubbish truck or whatever, <laughs> the, rub, the bin lorry was outside and they were doing, doing all the garbage. And I was thinking if this was in England, the guy on the thing would be the last guy they found. Do you know what I mean? It yes. would be the bottom chav at the thing <laughs> at the end of the, okay, we take him. Yeah. You know, and he would have three bellies and be smoking. The guy at the back of the Danish truck, he was handsome. Tor His name is Torben. He has a <laughs> sommerhus. He eats well. He has salads. He's on a detox. <laughs> Clean shaven, like ready to go, smiling. Like, hi, good morning. <laughs> This country, it's unreal. The cops especially, I'm um, always like, uh, where did you get these models? <laughs> right? Yeah. To come and solve crimes? <laughs> right. <laughs> or prevent it? I think uh, we were in, in Vila one night, and uh, I guess we must have been on like one of the party streets, and there were just like these four cops, and I was like, it was like the extras in Vikings. Like, just... <laughs> 
gorgeous. And like people were taking photos with them. So I couldn't have been the only one who thought that. <laughs> no, no. And I was like, just cuff me. Just <laughs> chase me down. I will break a law right now. Right. And uh, <laughs> but they're so they're also fit. Like in, in the US, they're not always the most um, mm. uh, they're, they're probably not chasing anything. No. Yeah. Uh, they're running. But towards like, the drive. -through. They're running to the buffet. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. to the drive -through. They're running to the donuts. <laughs> I will say the the most athletic feat I've ever seen in my life was by Northport Station several yeah. years ago where there was some kid who must have stolen something or whatever else. From 7-Eleven. From 7-Eleven there. And like the cop car comes over, stops, and the kid was ahead by like 50 meters or so, <laughs> was running. This cop chased him. It was like watching one of those nature documentaries where like <laughs> the lion chases down the gazelle. Like it was an incredible feat of athleticism. I was like, holy right. crap. I was like, why isn't Denmark better at the Summer Olympics? Just get the cops. <laughs> just get the cops to run the relay. They'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> they will bring home the gold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, maybe they're just not not eating as much. Because one thing that I definitely didn't expect uh, moving here was that uh, the food is good, but not very spicy. And I, 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 you know, in the U.S. we have a lot of good like Tex-Mex. I know, like in the U.K., the Indian is really mm. good. You know, so even if you go to these international food cuisines and get your food, it's usually not spicy because they make it for the local tastes. I think my absolute favorite on this is Brunsaus because there's a point <laughs> yes. during the making of the Brunsaus where they mix water and flour together <laughs> mm -hmm. and then they add this bottle of Brun. Yeah. And you're like, oh wow, what concoction of herbs and spices from around the world is this? And they're like, no, no, this is flavorless coloring. <laughs> That's the only, <laughs> is, only yeah. thing of this it's to, to make it brown. So it's brown sauce. And a great food country, you know, yes. just not spicy. My, my favorite is we have one of those like food prep things that come occasionally uh, for yeah. us. And in there, mm. it will say, stark, like to put like chili flakes. They're like, ooh, like yeah. be careful Whoa. on they, this they, There's a warning on the chili flakes. And, and, it's, and they give you like literally like four chili flakes for the entire thing. I guess when you colonize the Arctic, you really only have salt <laughs> as a spice. <laughs> so, and chalk. And chalk. And chalk. Well, <laughs> that we have plenty of. But one thing we also have plenty of, and they did not tell me about this before we came over, is the fact that you have cake for everything. It's your birthday. Bring a cake. You're going on holiday. Bring a cake. You're coming back from holiday. <laughs> yeah. Bring a cake. You're retiring. Bring a cake. Yeah. Like There is cake for everything. Like And even for your birthday, if you want to have a birthday cake, it's not you get a, a menkea. Like you literally get a cake of you that you get to chop the head off. It's of. also your retirement cake if it's your 17th birthday at Fox. <laughs> yes. You get here's your cake. There is cake absolutely, absolutely everywhere. And I cannot understand how people are so healthy. I, yes. Because you go into work and it's Begida's birthday, so you eat cake. Then it's the breakfast, so there's yes. morn cake. Then it's lunch, there's cake at the lunch. Yes. Then, you know, Rasmus is leaving, so we have goodbye cake. Yes. And you're like, all I've eaten all day is just a pile of sugar. <laughs> yes. I have coworkers. We have a couple like offices around the area. They intentionally have their schedule based on which cake days are in different canteens and places. So they can make sure they get literally cake every day of the week. Like, oh, no birthdays this week. Uh, I'm going to work from home on Tuesday and Thursday. <laughs> but I'll be in for the, the Wednesday cake. Yeah. 
I also love that at the uni that you send emails around to people's offices and they won't really reply or it'll be very, very slow. And then that one email to all, which will be like K in the third floor canteen and everybody gets up, all the doors open. <laughs> and you're like, uh, hey, Ken, I emailed you uh, yeah. at around 9.30 this morning. Oh, I didn't get it. Uh, but, oh, but you got the cake one. Yeah. <laughs> Great. And that's the end of our list, but not the end of our time with Conrad. We'll be back in your feeds next Monday to hear about why Conrad has been doing stand-up in Hungary. We'll see if I can hold on to him as my BFF. And we're even going to discuss the five stages of learning Danish, something that we're all familiar with. And we'll see you then. If you're enjoying What Are You Doing in Denmark, please give us a rating on this podcast platform so that other people just like you can find us as well. We'll see you next week on Waited.